Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past i want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my now here's your host matt dennison it's indiana what i feel is the pinnacle the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball Hello and welcome in Thursday edition of the show. Glad you're with us. No IU basketball this week. A kind of rare in-season break for the Hoosiers. They are not back in action until a Sunday game against Northwestern. And I just read a little earlier today that Northwestern starting guard Ty Berry has tore his meniscus out for the rest of the season. So that is definitely a loss for Northwestern. Six foot three senior. He was averaging 11.6 points, 3.9 rebounds, one and a half assists, almost one and a half steals, and playing just under 30 minutes a game for the Wildcats. So you hate to say a break for Indiana, but it might be because Barry has been a solid piece of what's been a surprising and very solid Northwestern team so far this season. So a little news on the game coming up Sunday, which is still a few days away. Also, yesterday we had Jeff Rabjohns with us, and he was talking about uh, sources telling him Mike Woodson will be back for a fourth year. I don't think anybody is surprised by what Jeff had to say yesterday. But we talked about Big Ten coaches on the hot seat, men's basketball coaches on the hot seat. Chris Holtman of Ohio State, Jeff mentioned, and then Jawan Howard of Michigan. And just as we were going off the air yesterday, I didn't see it until we had signed off, but Ohio State here in the middle of the season uh, let Chris Holtman go, which uh, surprised me a little bit to see him uh, get canned in the middle of the season. In his first five years in Columbus, Holtman won 20 games each season. One year he had 25 as far as his win total, made the NCAA tournament five straight seasons, never got past the round of 32 though. And uh, here lately, it's been a different story for Ohio State. They're 30 and 29 overall. 9-24 9-24 and 24 in the Big Ten Conference over the last uh, two seasons. And so Chris Holtman is out at Ohio State. I can't tell you how surprising this is. Not that he was let go. Maybe a little surprised he was let go in the middle of the season. But the biggest surprise is Chris Holtman. He, he was a name that Indiana fans wanted after maybe their dream pick or two. Uh, he was a guy that had been mentioned to maybe follow up Coach Cal at Kentucky. Uh, he was a red-hot name in college basketball. And I'm sure that he absolutely will drop down to a mid-major program and it wouldn't surprise me to see Chris Holtman rise again as a high major Big Ten coach of one of the high major conferences in in college basketball but definitely surprised to see uh, his time at Ohio State in this way. There was a time where he was uh, pulling in some big recruits. Uh, Again, he had a great start building some momentum uh, with that program. And until recently, until I guess maybe the end of last season, you never thought it was a possibility Chris Holtman wouldn't be a long-term guy 
at Ohio State. So one Big Ten coaching news uh, item right here in the middle of the year that is definitely interesting. And I know that I, I don't keep up with things across the board outside of the Big Ten or maybe the upper echelon of college basketball, but a lot of people out there think this is going to be a wild and wacky offseason when it comes to coaches and moves and firings and hirings. So maybe this Holtman release in the middle of the season is uh, an indication that this is going to be a wild offseason as far as coaching changes go. But everybody expects Mike Woodson to be back, to have another season, to hit the transfer portal hard, uh, to see what he and the assistant coaches can work to build very quickly, mainly through the transfer portal. But Liam McNeely coming in, uh, there will be, I'm sure, some other movement in the 2024 class. We don't know right now what that movement is, but there will be some movement, I would say, at some point where Indiana will add to that class. And uh, we'll see how it shakes out. But Ohio State uh, getting a jump on things, not waiting until early March uh, when Ohio State is eliminated from the Big Ten tournament. Uh, they make a move to signal change right here in the middle of February. Uh, yesterday on Valentine's Day, Chris Holtman out as the head coach of Ohio State. I guess the other question would be Jawan Howard of Michigan. Jeff mentioned yesterday how he kind of went on a tirade, a speech after a recent Michigan game about why he should be retained as the coach. That normally means you may not be retained as the coach, so we'll see what that uh, plays out. I think in the offseason, also Ben Johnson, the Minnesota coach, was listed on the hot seat, but I think he probably has done enough this year to uh, secure a, a future, to secure at least another season uh, at Minnesota for the Golden Gophers. So I think if everything holds true, unless there's somebody that leaves the conference to take another job, I think that Jawan Howard might be the only thing where there truly feels like there's some unknown at this point as far as if he will be back next season when it comes to Big Ten men's basketball coaches. Glad to have you with us here at our Thursday show. Show lineup is a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Uh, segment one here in just a few moments. We'll have some Hoosier headlines. We'll look at the Northwestern game. We'll talk about the IU women and their win last night over Wisconsin. Also, the NBA All-Star game. It officially, the weekend starts, I guess tomorrow is the official date, but a lot of neat events starting uh, as early as today. A lot of opportunities for fans. Indianapolis is just going to be an awesome place to be if you're a basketball fan here over the weekend. But you better have a big pocketbook because some of these tickets, even the Rising Stars game and, the, of course, the All-Star game, the ticket prices for that are just unbelievable. But a big weekend ahead as far as the NBA uh, All-Star Weekend goes in Indianapolis. Later in the show, Alex Bozich inside the hall. He's with us on Thursdays, presented by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. We'll catch up on IU. We'll talk about the IU Northwestern game and more with uh, Alex when he's with us in just a bit. And then later in the show, Steve Kerber, great Southern Indiana basketball guy, former coach in the area. He's going to join us as we uh, get you ready for the weekend and get you ready for the last few weeks of February and don't forget that last week of February coming up is the start of postseason basketball here in southern Indiana so we'll have coach Kerberg with us a little bit later uh, in the hour to go through the area and talk about some of the storylines we have to pay attention to the rest of the way here this regular season speaking of high school basketball last night I was going to save this for our headlines here in just a few moments but Floyd Central with an outstanding win last night over Jennings County a big big win uh, for the Highlanders who improved 
8-12 and 12 on the season. And they didn't just beat Jennings County. They, they handled them 92-77. Had to be one of the better played Floyd Central games of the season. Jennings County is just 10-11 and 11 on the season, but they've had some big wins this year, and they challenged a lot of the Hoosier Hills teams. And they've got two players, especially in Kent and Sigler, that can really shoot the basketball. So uh, as I look at Seymour in that sectional, they would not be my favorite. They probably wouldn't be my second or third favorite, but they're somebody you can't count out because of that great shooting. However, Floyd Central with the victory last night uh, makes you wonder what's going on with the Highlanders. Are they turning the corner? Are they figuring things out? Are they ready to play better basketball uh, with the sectional just around the corner. And Floyd's got a couple games that'll tell us more about them. The rest of the way, they've got Bloomington North coming up uh, later this week. They've got Columbus East to, to close out the season. Bloomington North should be a, a reasonably tough game for Floyd Central. I would think the Highlanders would have a great opportunity to beat Columbus East. Uh, but we'll find out in those two games that Floyd Central is ready to be a factor potentially. Uh, or an upset special potentially uh, in Seymour when sectional basketball gets here. That's the lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Check them out for great sandwiches, salads, and soups that are made fresh daily, and they'll surely satisfy any craving you have. You might even find something else to take home as they have a variety of dinner packages. Give Honey Baked Ham in New Albany a try. I think you'll be glad that you did. That's our lineup today. Two great guests. Uh, just a great time to talk hoops and glad you're with us. Don't forget, if you missed the live show, you can always find us as a podcast. All you got to do is search for The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Send in a question, a comment. Uh, a beef with Indiana. What are your thoughts on Chris Holtman, Jawan Howard? Heck, what are your thoughts on Mike Woodson as far as the Big Ten coaching carousel goes? Love to hear from you, 502-414-1450. If you're looking for an icy, cold, thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's and send us a text on the Thornton's text line. Uh, programming note, we will be at New Albany, the doghouse, on Friday night for the Bedford North Lawrence at New Albany game. I think it'll be a good sectional preview. Bedford has been very solid uh, this season, a, a solid Bedford team for sure. New Albany uh, has slipped a little bit, but they're lost to Providence, and they're upset on the road at Jennings County. But New Albany and Bedford, uh, to close out the home portion of New Albany's schedule, should be a good one. Bedford is 12-6 and six on the season. This game really at this point has no uh, play in the Hoosier Hills Conference standings as far as who's going to win the conference. That is Seymour and Jeffersonville that have tied for that honor. But New Albany and Bedford are tied uh, at 3-2 and two on the season. So the winner of this game will bump ahead of the other team uh, for, I guess you'd call it, a third-place finish with Seymour and Jeff tied in the first and second place position. So uh, there is something on the line as far as conference standings go, but as far as who's going to win it, that thing is locked up and done with Jeffersonville and Seymour sharing the championship this year. Uh, other headlines to get to here in this opening segment of the show. Last night, the Indiana women, ranked number 14 in the country, were victorious over Wisconsin. The game probably a little closer than some expected, but Indiana was... Uh, finished a 68-54 winner 
on Wednesday. That is Indiana's 10th straight victory over the Badgers. And I hate to draw comparisons to the struggles of Indiana basketball, but there's a couple I'm going to make here talking about the women's team. First and foremost, this men's team has struggled, struggled, struggled for years over multiple coaches with Wisconsin, especially on the road at the Kohl Center. And the women, it's been basically reversed. They have dominated Wisconsin both at home and on the road. So uh, that was an interesting fact from last night's game, a little different there between the men. And also, uh, I saw yesterday that Sarah uh, Scalia, and I think I'm saying her last name correctly, uh, has set a three-point record for the IU women's team. I'm going to try to pull the story up here. A single-season three-point record is what uh, she set in that game last night. Uh, Made four three-pointers Wednesday night. She has made 79 three-pointers this season. Uh, Amanda Cahill previously had that record of 78 made three-pointers in a season. And, of course, uh, Sarah and the team still have some time to go this season with some regular season games left in the Big Ten Conference ahead uh, tournament is ahead as well. But Scalia last night, 15 points on 5 of 12 shooting uh, in that game. And speaking of women's hoops in the Big Ten Conference, one other thing I want to mention I think the conference tournament is going to be really good. Indiana, Iowa, I think Ohio State is in the mix, but uh, Indiana, Iowa should meet up at some point uh, again this season. That's a very tough matchup for Indiana, but will be interesting to see how it plays out. The Big Ten women's tournament is going to have a lot of notoriety because of uh, Caitlin Clark. There's no question about that. She's going to be one of the focal points of this upcoming March Madness from a women's perspective. Big event tonight in Indianapolis, or at least it gets started tonight. It's Overtime Elite, which is where a lot of the top basketball, high school basketball players are going. Uh, It's basically a basketball factory based in Atlanta. They help players get ready for the NBA, and there's a number of their teams that are going to be playing uh, at Broad Ripple High School as part of the NBA All-Star Game weekend. Uh, a number of prospects, uh, looking at some of the names, maybe Bryson Tiller, a six foot nine forward in the 2025 class. I know we've talked about him some as well. Daquan Davis, one of the teams or the team he plays for. He's a 2024 player, six foot one point guard who's number 77 in the country. He's another player that I think has been mentioned as far as a recruiting target for Indiana. But there's a number of players, I would say eight to 10 guys that Indiana has been in contact with a few 2024, a lot of 2025, and uh, some interesting games tonight. The teams are like Cold Hearts against RWE and the City Reapers against uh, the YNG. I guess that maybe is abbreviated Young Dreamers with a Z. So it's nothing like high school basketball or even the Montverds of the world where they're representing a brick-and-mortar school. This is a basketball factory, basically. Uh, but uh, interesting. So, um, you know, it's uh, it's the new way. It's the new world, I guess. One of the components of prep basketball that likely is here to stay, the G League elite, overtime elite, obviously some of the prep schools and the national-level high schools. You just hope that Indiana high school basketball – still has a place and can hang on through some of this. But, yes, a lot of these elite-level players are leaving traditional high school settings to try some of this stuff out. So it'd be interesting to see what it's like tonight, what the coaching's like. 
Uh, I just can't imagine that a lot of fans come out for some of this stuff, but uh, definitely the new world when it comes to uh, high school basketball and recruiting and what things will look like uh, in the future. Also, other things to note here in the opening segment today, um, obviously a lot of focus on Indiana Northwestern coming up this weekend um, for Indiana. Uh, I think an important game for a number of reasons. Um, Their backs are against the wall related to the conference and the Big Ten, or excuse me, the NCAA tournament. That is probably first and foremost. But this Northwestern team has been a very quality ball club. I mentioned the injury uh, with Barry. Their starting point guard is out for the season. This will be the first game Northwestern will play a full game without him. Perhaps that creates some issues for the Wildcats. Indiana playing at home Sunday, 3 o'clock in that game. Uh, This is one Indiana could sneak in with the home crowd and with uh, Northwestern missing their key guard and maybe have a chance at. Maybe that's uh, wishful thinking for Indiana fans. But uh, Indiana needs something really good to happen to send them into the last uh, handful of weeks of the season. And this Northwestern game is a really good place to start. Because after that, Nebraska, who's had an outstanding year, they come to Bloomington on Wednesday, a few days after the Northwestern game. And then it's Penn State on the road, which, you know, it's a, a winnable game. Indiana's basically, I think, neck and neck with them in the Ken Palm ratings the last time that I looked. Then it's Wisconsin at home. So, again, not at the Kohl Center, at home, Maryland on the road, Minnesota at Minnesota, and Michigan State in Bloomington to finish the season. How many games do you think Indiana can win the rest of the way? Northwestern, Nebraska, uh, Penn State, Wisconsin, Maryland, Minnesota, Michigan State, seven games left in the regular season between now and March 10th, leading into the Big Ten tournament, which begins in Minneapolis on March 13th. How many do you think Indiana can win? I'm going to say Indiana wins three the rest of the way. That might be a crazy guess or a crazy number. Uh, You may think they may not win or may win one, but I'd love to know how many games you think Indiana will win the rest of the way. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, we'll be joined by Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall, presented by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. We'll get into IU Northwestern. We'll talk Big Ten uh, headlines, Chris Holtman out, Jawan Howard on the hot seat, and more. And, of course, March Madness just around the corner. Stay with us for that here on this Thursday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Thursday edition of the program. Thornton's text line, texter uh, with his thoughts on where Indiana is at or could be as far as uh, wins this season. And give me just a second here to pull it back up. I had said three, maybe, of the last seven. That may be a stretch. Uh, The texter on the Thornton's text line said, said, it seems three might be a push. 
I think we work to I think we win to and if coach Woodson can keep McNeely and land the other top recruit he won't be coach of the year but he sh- sure would be recruiter of the year uh, that is a great point if uh, coach Woodson uh, can add to this class uh, despite the season or the dismal season on the floor uh, that would show that the recruiting of him and the assistant coaches obviously is still effective for sure Alex Bozich inside the hall with us Thursdays on the show for the latest on IU basketball. And Alex, kind of a odd week uh, here as we get ready for March Madness. Everybody's basketball-minded right now. But a real pause this week for Indiana basketball right here in the middle of the, the conference race. Yeah, two weeks now um, since the new year where Indiana's gone a whole week without playing a game, which a little bit odd. Um, you know, they, they've got those two early um, December games, which... I think the reason those were added initially was to kind of take some of the pressure off having so many games um, in the after the new year uh, and be able to fit it, accommodate the extra two games. But it's rare, you know. I think in the previous seasons there's maybe been a week or five or six days where you'd have no games, but to have two weeks, uh, you know, within really a month's time where there was no games, definitely a little bit odd. You know, I think the Big Ten tournament's a little bit later than usual, like starting. Starts. I think it was four weeks from yesterday. It was going to be the the Wednesday of the Big Ten tournament. So, not a lot of time here left in the in the regular season. But yeah, certainly odd to come out of Super Bowl and then not have an IU game for another week. Yeah, definitely, Alex Bozich inside the hall. Uh, Alex, before we get into some IU stuff, I want to get your reactions on a couple of things. Chris Holt, Holt, excuse me, fired yesterday in the middle of the season as the coach of Ohio State basketball. Did that catch you? off guard and I know Chris Holtman is someone that you and I on this show have talked about a lot over the years as he was hired the same uh, time the same offseason as Archie Miller and really a kind of a competitive race between those two guys as young coaches coming into the Big Ten Conference Miller didn't last near as long as Holtman or have near the success that he had uh, but the Holtman out here in the middle of the year a little surprising to me although I think we knew he was on the hot seat at the end of the year I wasn't surprised that he was let go. Um, you know, a lot of people talked about the buyout as a potential hang-up, but, you know, when it's Ohio State, obviously they've got pretty deep pockets, and obviously they're football-driven, but they've got a lot of uh, resources available. And, you know, I think you could just see um, the frustration from Chris Holtman as the season kind of went along um, after the IU game. I went back and watched his press conference, and he definitely looked just uncomfortable with some of the questions that were coming his way. Um, and, and obviously the team has underperformed the last two seasons. They were a team I, you know, I thought was definitely not a contender to win the Big Ten this year, but I thought uh, they had the talent to be a solid NCAA tournament team. They started out 12-2 and two and really saw the bottom fall out after that point, and you know, in terms of the timing of the move, maybe a little bit surprised, but also not because some of the dynamics at play. Obviously, Gene Smith, the longtime athletic director at Ohio State, is retiring uh, this summer. They have a new AD coming in, who it sounds like is going to be making this hire, um, but w- w- in consultation with, with Gene Smith. So, you know, I think if you know this is what you're going to do um, and – you have a kind of a short list of guys you want to get after. It's never a bad thing to kind of be first to market in terms of an attractive opening. I think most people obviously think 
Uh, the Louisville job will be coming open uh, here in the next couple weeks to a month, and you know there's some other jobs that could potentially uh, shake loose. There's always some su- surprises here and there. So, you know, for for Holtman, yeah, I think it really hurt him. Those, you know, I think the first five years, I think he made the tournament. Uh, you know, obviously one of those was the COVID year, but never getting out of the first weekend, I think, really hurt him there. Didn't really build up any uh, goodwill with the fan base, and you know, I follow a lot of the different Big Ten programs, and I've read some stuff about Ohio State this season and just kind of seen some of the fan reaction, and they were definitely way past the point of being supportive of Holtman and their their, their attendance at home games. While it's never been great there, it certainly seemed to be trending in the wrong, wrong direction, so it, it seems like a, a good time uh, to make a move, and it might help Holtman, too, getting uh, let go at this point. He's going to get his buyout, and then also I think he'll be an attractive candidate for some jobs that are uh, likely to open here in the next uh, couple of weeks to a month as well. Alex Bozich inside the hall. I saw a CBS Sports story uh, earlier that lists some candidates or potential candidates for this Ohio State job. Dusty May, former Indiana manager at Florida Atlantic. Obviously, his name's going to be hot, I would think, with most every job that opens this offseason. Lamont Paris of South Carolina. The Gamecocks have had a really good season. Here's one that's interesting. Sean Miller at Xavier, former Arizona coach. Could he be in position right there at Ohio to step into the big job in the Buckeye State? Uh, those were some names that caught my eye. I don't know. It's way early to know anything. But um, any thoughts on candidates for that job? Yeah, I mean, Sean Miller is the one that obviously you're going to hear the most about. Um, I did hear um, – I don't know exactly. I think it might have been uh, Jeff Goodman was talking on the field of 68 kind of about Sean Miller, and I know he's got a good relationship with with Sean and Archie, but he mentioned just the NIL at Xavier right now. Um, One positive of that is obviously they don't have football to worry about Xavier, so the NIL resources for basketball specifically at Xavier may actually be more robust than what they have available at Ohio State. Not to say that Ohio State can't step up in that regard, but obviously – a lot of things that are going towards uh, the football side of things. So that was one interesting thing um, that that kind of gave me a little bit of pause on Sean Miller. Um, obviously, Ohio State traditionally has been a better job than Xavier, but for him to get that job now, uh, it, it, it's probably going to take a, a significant investment in terms of money for them to pry him away from there. And then obviously the NIL piece is, is big too. I mean, Greg McDermott from Creighton is another one that has kind of come up as a potential hire, not sure how much sense that makes um, for them. Um, I would think they'd want to go with, with someone um, more of an up-and-coming name, someone they feel like they can, can be there for a while. I mean, Miller doesn't necessarily fit that bill. He's more proven, and, and he's won at a high level. But, uh, you know, Dusty May, we'll see how things go in the tournament. I think it's a big NCAA tournament for him. If he – is able to make another deep run, I think then you can kind of say, well, this guy's done it now two years at a place where really basketball has been uh, really a doormat for a long time for Atlantic. No really, tr- no real tradition. He was able to build that up last year, go to the Final Four. If he has another run, I think his name becomes hot. And obviously Lamont Paris has the Big Ten ties from the area. It's been a long time at Wisconsin as an assistant coach and done a great job this year at South Carolina. So they're going to have some – some strong candidates. Um, it also kind of depends, I think, what other jobs come open. Uh, I think it's going to be a pretty wild spring just in terms of coaching openings and the transfer portal. 
So uh, maybe good for Ohio State to kind of get out of this, uh, get out ahead a little bit and assess their options and kind of have a, a list to work on because once some of these seasons start ending for these coaches that are coaching in the tournament, I think things are going to move pretty quickly because you have to move quickly with the portal and trying to secure a roster for next season. Talking with Alex Bozich inside the hall, this segment brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. I know we need to get the IU stuff, but one, I, I always respect what you got to say. So I got to ask when we're talking about coaches, Jawan Howard, what, what's your take on that? Does he make it to another season at Michigan? Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's an interesting one because um, there's some circumstances there that maybe are a little bit different from what we've seen at um, at Ohio State with Holtman. Obviously, Howard's been there uh, less time than, than what Chris Holtman was at Ohio State. And, you know, he had obviously the heart surgery in the offseason kind of, you know, brought him back into the fold slower this year, but there's a lot of red flags there with Michigan. Um, you know, not to go too deep into it. I mean, Howard's made some terrible mistakes with the transfer portal in that the last, I think two off seasons, you know, the, you know, he tried to, uh, he, he landed commitments really. It was more of a silent thing. It never came out, but you know, he was going to get Terrence Shannon to come over from Texas tech and they couldn't get him in at Michigan. And so he ends up at Illinois. And then the year after, kind of the same thing happens with Caleb Love at coming over from North Carolina. Couldn't get him in at Michigan. Now he's at Arizona. And so that that's more of a, you know, it happens one time. You, you kind of say, okay, uh, but it happens twice. To me, that's a lack of understanding from Juwan Howard in terms of how uh, transfers into Michigan work. Their, their standards are a little bit higher, and you have to adjust to that. Uh, and then, you know, you have Doug McDaniel this year, who's their best player, have – grade problems and now really can't play any road games. They've been terrible on the road. I think their last five losses have come by an average of something like 21 points. Coupled with the fact that now this is going to be two straight NCAA tournament losses. You know, I don't know where uh, Ward Manuel, the AD there, is on kind of Jawan Howard and what uh, he wants to do there. You know, obviously, Jawan Howard is someone that played at Michigan and uh, kind of, uh, you know, a legend in many ways of, of the basketball program and Ward Manuel, someone that, that hired him. And it's a football school, so they just won the national championship. But kind of the same thing with Ohio State. You look at the support for Michigan basketball and the stands, fans aren't showing up. And, I mean, the Big Ten's not getting any easier next year with four more programs coming in. If I'm Michigan, I mean, to me it's a no-brainer that you, that you go out and do something different. But I think I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if it goes either way. But – I just don't really see a path for getting things back on the on the right track if you're Michigan basketball at this point under Jawan Howard. Alex Bozich inside the hall. Let's dig into this IU Northwestern game a bit coming up on Saturday. Northwestern with some bad news. Ty Berry, their starting point guard, going to be out for the season due to a torn meniscus. So I don't want to say that that changes things totally on who this Northwestern team is, but he being out will definitely be a loss for them and maybe an opportunity, especially with Indiana being at home for the game. Yeah, I mean, obviously it, it, it's a setback for, for Northwestern, um, but they're a really good team. I mean, they're a good team. They're top 50 in, in Ken Palm, 17-7 and seven, uh, overall. Eight and five in the Big Ten, and you know they've they've won their last two games. Obviously at home, uh, beating Nebraska and Penn State. Before that, lost two road games to Purdue and Minnesota, both in overtime. Uh, they've been 
uh, highly competitive on the road, uh, although they have lost uh, some road games. Uh, they're a team that's going to come out and uh, fight, compete, and uh, make it hard on you. I mean, they, you know, went through that stretch there for a couple of years after making the tournament where you kind of wondered, you know, is Chris Collins actually going to make it there? But I think he's adjusted some things in terms of just the style of play and how hard-nosed uh, they are. Uh, they play a, uh, this year, you know, not as good defensively as they have been uh, in previous years, but they're good offensively, top 35 offense, shoot the three ball really well, sixth in the country, uh, three-point shooting percentage. And obviously when you have a point guard in Boo Boo, who's a fifth-year guy, uh, they brought in a good transfer, Ryan Langborn, and and obviously Brooke Barnheiser, uh, who's a an Indiana kid who's really blossomed now in his third season. They've got a a really solid roster, and uh, obviously Barry's a loss for them, but I think they've got the pieces and are going to be able to come in and into Bloomington and give Indiana a really tough game. Talking with Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall, health has obviously been an issue for this Indiana team. Uh, do we know anything further on anybody that's had some health issues, specifically Xavier Johnson? I don't expect him to be back for this game, do you? No, I mean, on the Purdue broadcast, um, Gus Johnson, who's obviously the play-by-play announcer, said that he'd talked to Xavier Johnson before the game and said he thought he would miss the next three games after this. So I think that would put him at potentially coming back for the Wisconsin game at home because I think their next two are at home and they go on the road and then they come back and play a home game, I believe, against Wisconsin. So not expecting Xavier Johnson back anytime uh, before that, kind of based on, on that update that, that he gave to, uh, to to Gus Johnson. Don't know anything else about any other, any other injuries. I would think this, this time off and – uh, opportunity to to get some rest would have you know Khalil Ware and, and Malik Renew in, in a little bit better shape uh, than they have been recently going into uh, this weekend's home game against Northwestern. Alex Bozich inside the hall with us Thursdays on the show. Alex, great to catch up today, and uh, we'll do it next next Thursday. Absolutely, thanks, Matt. Alex Bozich inside the hall presented by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. Uh, Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Coming up in the next segment, Steve Kerber, former basketball coach here in the area. Great time to have Coach with us. Uh, he's with us Thursdays as we talk uh, some storylines the rest of the way for this high school basketball season. And, of course, the state tournament pairings will come out Sunday night. We'll know what the boys' tournament path will look like here very soon. Stay with us. You're listening to a Thursday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back on this Thursday show. Steve Kerberg, former coach here in the area, joins Thursday. We talk 
local high school basketball, and what a time to do so, Steve. The tournament draw coming out Sunday night. We've got some big regular season games scheduled the rest of the way, and before you know it, it's going to be time for sectionals, which begin the last few days of this month. It's a great time for basketball here in southern Indiana. Uh, it's my favorite time of the year, man. I, I'm excited about it. Uh, look forward to the draw every year um, and how it shapes the tournament, obviously, and um, have some teams locally that can really make a run this year. Um, I know it, you know, it sounds like a cliche thing to say, but um, um, there's there's a lot of teams that can make make a deep run this year. Yeah, no question about it. Steve Kerberg with me. Let's jump into things, Coach, as we enter these final few weeks of the regular season. I know everybody kind of skips ahead and thinks about sectionals and what the matchups could be. And on Sunday night, we're going to know at least the layout of each sectional bracket. Which local sectional are you most interested to see the draw and how things play out? Because maybe you think the draw could really play a, a role in who the winner ultimately is. Man, that's a that's a very tough question. Um, I, I look at the four A sectional. Um, there's just a lot a lot of parity there. Jeffersonville, I think, is the clear favorite. But um, you know, Floyd Central beating Jennings County last night is a very big win, and it just shows it shows that on a given night that those teams are close enough to where something um, crazy can happen, and that's what makes it so fun and exciting. I think Seymour Seymour is. Um, Obviously, Clint clinched a share of the Hoosier Hills Conference Championship, and the way they play, um, the way they can slow the game down and turn it into a physical half-court game makes them a very difficult draw. But, you know, on the other side of the coin, I think you, you look at a new Obney or Jeffersonville, both teams play play very fast this year, and that, that's, that's kind of hard to prepare for the tournament also. But I would say the draw will really matter in that, um, in that sectional um, the, the 2A, 2A sectional, I think, is uh, going to be hard to get a ticket for. Uh, uh, that, that's, uh, I think, we talked about it earlier in the year. It's almost like a, uh, it's almost like a, uh, uh, round three, I guess. Providence winning two years ago, Brownstown winning last year. Uh, a heavyweight fight there, um, but but you also got to think there's some other teams in there that can make some noise, including Southwestern, who is a very talented offensive team. Um, and can get get hot, and I believe the sectionals at their home home gym. So, so that they're they're a team one a one a the draw is going to matter a lot. Again, a lot of parity there, a lot of uh, good basketball teams, good coaches, and and I can see that going a lot of different directions. So, so that that's a that's a very hard question for me to answer. Uh, but uh, all, all you know, all the local sectionals will have some games that are worth worth watching this year. Talking with Steve Kerberg on high school basketball here as we are in the middle of February. Coach, I'm going to say the 4A draw at Seymour is going to be very important, and that's kind of a standard saying this time of year when you look at some of the parity there. But uh, Jeff, the favorite, but the draw, I think, could play a factor. And then I agree with you on 1A. I think if Christian Academy's going to get it done, it would be helpful if they get a reasonable draw. Those are two things from my perspective I'll be watching on Sunday night. Yeah, you know, I heard Coach LaFay say a couple years ago, uh, might have been on your show, but I remember him saying, um, you know, coaches talk about wanting to uh, play early on a Tuesday and get the jitters out. He's like, that's, you know, he basically said, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> he said, uh, he said, any coach wants to buy and wants to 
and you know be alive on Friday, a guarantee to be alive on Friday, and um, you know the 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 buy does does change does change some things as far as um, you know. I think teams do want that. You know, I guess an argument can be made. You want to get out there and, you know, when you have players that haven't been as experienced in the tournament to get out there and play on a Tuesday. But, hey, hey to be guaranteed that you're alive on Friday is a pretty pretty good thing. Steve Kerberg with us. Steve, I uh, want to ask you this as well when we think about the, the sectionals. Uh, from a coaching perspective, and you've led a handful of teams into the tournament, and obviously you've had some postseason success with some of those teams as well. But what changes in practice this time of year? Is there uh, any changes as you start to get the draw and you start to come down this stretch from a time perspective or uh, anything else you might adjust knowing what's ahead? You know, for for me it was just about trying to be extra sharp, extra focused on the things that can can help you win. Um, I started caring, you know, and I know I know every coach will have a different philosophy on this, but I started caring less about the teams we were playing at the end of the year um, and focusing more on ourselves, less on those kind of scouting reports. Um, and I, I wanted to really focus on our team and what, what made us better and, uh, and really, really try to just have really physical um, – Hard practices, but shorter shorter bursts of uh, you know segments in practice, maybe. But man, I, I wanted to go hard there at the end of the year, be be focused, um, and, and really uh, really push the guys at the end of the season. Um, but also also make sure that they they weren't um, you know you definitely don't want to go into the, the tournament with injuries or uh, too tired. But but man, I don't think I don't think it's time to. I don't think it's time to let up in practice, but I think it's a time to be, you know, shorter, probably shorter drills, shorter segments, but but uh, but the intensity, I think, actually should pick up at the end of the year. Steve Kerberg with me talking high school basketball. Lanesville girls this weekend, I talked with Josh Cook some about this yesterday, but I mean, it's the postseason, so you never know what can happen. Two games in one day. I love the the format of a semi-state, uh, you know, including more teams, uh, reversing with the regional that that is new as of a year ago. I don't think Lanesville's going to get challenged. I think they've got a great opportunity to win two games at New Albany at the Doghouse on Saturday and head to Indianapolis. And I really don't think that they'll get beat the rest of the way. But I think this weekend the the Eagles are the big favorite at New Albany. Yeah, yeah, I don't know a lot about their opponents, but looking at like the Sagarin ratings and you know the predictions and things, it looks like they're a clear-cut favorite. Um, but what what a testament to what Coach Hinton has done there. I mean, I believe that's six sectionals in a row they've won a state championship already. Of course, she won a state championship in New Albany, and uh, man, that's uh, something special that they've built for the Lanesville community and. Having coached at Christian Academy, I'll say this about the Lanesville community. They support their teams as well as any team around. And uh, when they have a, uh, a team, or even when their teams aren't as good, uh, you go to tournament games and there's just a sea, sea of purple there. <laughs> so they have, they have a very special, tight-knit community, and they support their teams very, very well. Absolutely. Uh, Steve Kerberg with me. Steve just got a text on the Thornton's tech line from Butch Coleman, great friend of high school basketball here in the area. He says, Seymour, 4A, toughest 
one of the toughest sectionals in the state, none better. And I agree with Butch. You and I uh, have had a lot of great memories there over the years, watching games, broadcasting games, coaching games. It's one of the best as far as the environment and some of the big 4A programs that feed into that one. Absolutely, and and it's you know, it, it's I think it's because of the parity. Even when when you have a favorite, even when you have a couple favorites there, I mean Bedford's always good. You know, um, Floyd Central, Jeffersonville, New Albany, the way Jennings County's been the last couple years. You know, um, it's just just a very um, and again a, a very I really like Seymour's coach and the way they they play this year. But yes, I have a lot of great memories there and. Uh, I believe it was 2011. I was coaching at Jeffersonville, and we were able to, to to beat New Albany, who was ranked number two in the state, and uh, go on to the regional the next week and win the morning game there, and then uh, get to play Bloomington South there in the regional championship. They had won 49 games in a row. They beat us by 31 points in the regular season, and uh, we with Tom Crean sitting on the front row, they had five Division One players on that team, and. We were able able to knock them off and go to the final four. Um, that that's up there with probably one of the greatest memories I have as as a coach, just being around basketball. Uh, probably one of the bigger upsets uh, that I know about in high school basketball. But man, like you said, that is a special place to watch a game. It's a special place to to get to coach a game, and I know it it had to be a special place to play a basketball game. Absolutely. Steve Kerberg, he's with me Thursdays as we talk high school hoops, and this segment becomes even more valuable as we get ready to hit the postseason in Indiana high school basketball. There's just nothing like it and a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of fun ahead, Steve, and appreciate your time on Thursdays to be with us. Hey, thank you. One game to keep an eye on is this Saturday at Jeffersonville, Evansville Christian, the number one, one eight team in the state. They beat a top ten Kentucky team last week, and they are they are the real deal. That's a great game that maybe is not getting a lot of buzz. Yeah, thanks for mentioning that. That will be a fun one to check out uh, at Johnson Arena on Saturday. Uh, that'll wrap things up for uh, for Thursday. Here we'll be back with you Friday at eleven a.m. Uh, with a great guest to talk IU hoops and the all-star weekend ahead in Indianapolis and so much more as we head into the weekend of high school hoops and IU Northwestern and tournament pairings on Sunday night from the boys' side as well. Have a great Thursday. Back with you tomorrow at 11. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Matt Dennison.